you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jeroen. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Mads. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm hiding here in the COVID safe haven of Vietnam and uh, just celebrated New Year's. So oh. all good. How did they celebrate New Year over there? Just one Big parties, big parties. Big parties. <laughs> here we weren't even uh, allowed to go uh, look at the fireworks. So I, I am the you. That's, uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the world will have it under control soon. Yeah. So, Jeroen, not everyone knows who you are. So, would you mind doing a quick introduction, letting people know who you are and what you do? Yeah. Uh, very briefly, I'm uh, Jeroen Kortad. I'm co-founder and CEO of Salesflare, uh, which is a, a software company, software as a service, as they call it nowadays. And what we offer is a software to easily manage your customers and your leads, your prospects, uh, without having to do too much work. Uh, so it's a, a CRM system, as they call it, customer relationship management. It's actually a, a sales CRM, so very focused on the sales relationship. It's made for small and medium-sized businesses. We mainly have uh, agencies, uh, consultancies, fellow software companies and tech startups on the software. Only B2B companies, because the software is built for B2B sales. And what distinguishes us from uh, most of the other CRMs you'll know is um, that in Salesflare, everything flows in automatically. So you don't need to spend your day updating the CRM. Uh, you just do your work, communicate with customers and all of that appears automatically in Salesflare and it uh, automatically creates contacts. It adds their email signatures to the contacts. It gets more information. It pulls in emails, phone calls, meetings. It integrates web tracking and email tracking, all this kind of stuff. And that just, just works for you. So you, uh, Focus on your customers and then look in the CRM. Like, uh, what's what's it that I did last week, for instance? Uh, what did I what did I tell them? And uh, you find it all there. We talked a little bit about sort of communication before this show, right? Mm -hmm. And I think fundamentally, at least from your point of view, that's one of the, the big things that have really been a, a game changer for you guys. So, do you mind sharing a little bit about exactly what you do communication wise and then uh, how it makes you stand out? Yeah, so uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of different uh, aspects to this. It's a very, very sort of broad topic. First of all, so, so the essence of, of a software company nowadays, um, so just to understand very well, we're in, in the SaaS. Uh, so software as a service, you can just uh, head to our website, uh, sign up for a trial at the end, uh, put your credit card in and start working. It's very easy to get up to speed and it's also very easy to stop using our software and go somewhere else. It's very easy to switch from another software to ours. So that means that we really need to be very competitive. And that's even more important due to the fact that we are in a space uh, called CRM, like customer relationship management. We're on the, on the website g2.com. You'll find 640 CRMs. Uh, so people had a lot of choice. Uh, it's very uh, sort of fragmented. Plus, um, there's a bunch of big players out there that have a lot of money 
to pull a lot of traffic their way. So within that very fragmented space, some people uh, suck up a lot of traffic, which makes it hard for us to compete if we are not really, really competitive. And being competitive uh, in a software business, you, you basically do two things. Uh, you build software for people and then you uh, communicate with these people to sell them that software, to help them use the software. You know, that's, that's uh, the two jobs. So it's really uh, working with the customer and building the, the product. And that's also very much how our team is, is organized. Like uh, our, our team, uh, we have developers, obviously. Uh, so they develop the software. Uh, and we have people talking to customers, talk, people talking to partners, people selling and all that. Now, when I say that, there's already one thing um, that we do to make sure that communication flows very well uh, from the customer to the team internally and translates itself into a product. And that's making sure that everybody on the team has contact with customers. And so many companies, uh, you know, you have the, the people talking to the customers and you have people talking, uh, like building the thing. We make sure that uh, all of our developers sort of rotate through a system. Um, so everybody building the product uh, where at least I think every few weeks, I don't know exactly, they are about a week um, standby next to the person who's talking to customers to solve any issue that arises. So they're looking at the chats, there's stuff coming in, there's technical things. There, it sometimes goes beyond what the, what the person uh, who talks with customers can solve and, and they help. They, they figure out little bugs, they fix them immediately. So they, they have a very close communi- uh, connection to customers always because what we felt otherwise is that an organization very easily shifts into sort of two silos, uh, where yep. the, the developers and then these people that annoy them with stuff that the customers want. You know, <laughs> that's at least yep. from, the, from the developer standpoint. But when you keep them very close to the customers as well, they very well understand uh, sort of that it's not- Challenges. Uh, and... Yeah, that what the customers actually want and they can be more aligned with that as well instead of creating that huge tension. I like it. I, I haven't actually, I, I know lots of lots of SaaS companies, but it's not really an approach I've heard before like that. But yeah, I, I totally get it. Like, because obviously when you're in a space that's that competitive, like you, you need to have some kind of edge, right? And you need to find something that, you know, you, you are just doing better than, than your competitors. And in most cases, just having a better product is, is rarely going to make it, right? So you you standing out on service and so on makes, makes a lot yeah. of sense. So, so, so we come from a time where uh, like a lot of features uh, would sell a deal uh, to a time where we're currently in where you need to have something very easy to use uh, because there's a lot of consumer apps that are really easy to use and people wonder like, why is this enterprise software so, so difficult? Like it doesn't make sense. Uh, so there's been a, a huge push over the last let's say five years uh, for uh, SaaS software to become easier and easier and easier to use. But then the next extension there is, is really, really close customer connection. It's not just having something that's super easy to use, but something that completely thinks like the customer things, let's say, like, what do they want to do? It should work like that. Uh, what do they want next? You know, all these kind of things. You need to be super well aligned. 
And I think there'll be another wave in here in parallel that will involve AI, but that's a, a whole other story. Yeah. Now, what I just said is, is of course, just the beginning. Huh? Just, just putting developers close to customers doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, solve a lot. We, well, I'll, 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 I'll keep focusing on the, on the communication with customers first. Yeah. So it's not just uh, developers. Uh, me as a CEO, I often also do support. Um, like um, last week, I did a day of support because there wasn't anybody. I also uh, sent a, a LinkedIn connection request to every single person that signs up for a trial to just open a channel of communication. Many people don't use it, uh, but most people appreciate it. So if there is anything, they can always reach me. Uh, most people respect uh, my, my time and stuff and, and go through uh, the, the rest of the team if they want stuff. And it's only when there's really like things that, that bother them or go beyond uh, what they can tell to them that they, that they get in touch with me. Uh, also often jump on calls and all that. But then we have uh, all that information that comes from the customer. And usually it's only one person that sees it or two people right? and the developer next to, next to that person as well. Um, it needs to be kept track of in a very uh, consistent way. So every time we hear something that can be categorized as sort of feedback, something we should do, um, then we add that to um, very, very practically GitHub. That's a system in which we have our code and in which we can create issues. Uh, and we, we say, for instance, about a certain feature, we say uh, insights dashboard, uh, people think that this block in the insights dashboard would be better like this, for instance. And then we, we have um, three ways of, of, of tagging that. We have feature requests, they want a, a whole new feature. Improvements, they want some addition to a feature. And bugs, there's actually something broken that we should fix. We always dig into um, what is exactly the thing they want to achieve, just a bit beyond like, what did they say? Because otherwise you get a very superficial, like we would like that and then you don't know why, uh, which makes it very hard to formulate the right solution in the end. In any case, and you might not get the right solution, right? Because like, just yeah. because a customer see one way of doing something, there might be better ways to do it, right? So, Yeah, I've, 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 I've always held off on creating this kind of voting system for customers where they can see something they like and then say, ooh, I want this. Um, just because it just doesn't really help us to build the feature. We, we lose a, a lot of uh, communication um, in that um, process because they're just clicking on stuff that seems cool and we have no background into what is the thing they want to solve with that. So. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So we, we actually, to go further on that, we uh, exactly take what they said and we link back to the whole conversation, which we have an intercom. That's a live chat system. Um, that goes into GitHub. So in GitHub, you'll find this kind of things like, this is the thing we should do. And then there's a whole list of like, this person said this, and a link to the conversation. This person said this, link to the conversation. So we track exactly uh, what was said about this and who said it. And actually now we also use a system called Acute. It's on getacute.io. I think it's a bit harder to find. And, it's, and it sort of connects these two systems. So with that, we can see if you, for instance, look at someone in intercom, 
These are the things they asked in the past. We can dig in. Now, when one of these things in GitHub we actually solve or make, um, we also close the issue there and it pops up all the conversations in Intercom. So then we can, uh, we can tell people like, hey, you said this like three months ago, we just made it, uh, have a look, what do you think about it? And that's actually one of the things that people uh, I think appreciate most about our support is that uh, it seems like we have this infinite brain or something that remembers everything they said. And then, and then we act upon it and ask them about like, did you like it? Um, that's, that's, that's really, really important to sort of close the loop between what the customer says, what you build, then ask them again, whether it's, it's, it's built the way they expect it to be. And, and, and they feel a huge amount of appreciation um, for the result of the process, let's say. That makes sense. And that's, uh, I mean, that's, I think generally, like a lot of companies struggle with that level of communication. And again, it's mostly from a systems perspective, right? Because you, you really have to have the right systems set up and working properly to be able to communicate that well. But it, I think for a lot of businesses, that's what they want to do, right? But yeah. it's actually setting up those systems and being able and capable of doing it is much more difficult. Right. It first it started with thinking like what is it we want to achieve, um, then thinking through a process, and then thinking which software systems could facilitate that process. In the very beginning, I remember we wanted to build something ourselves until we uh, stumbled upon this uh, solution, and this has been working uh, well for us consistently. Um, so the whole team just needs to uh, work through the system in a consistent way. Um, and and the machine keeps running, you know, and we keep yeah. uh, having having great results. Very happy customers. Um, but but even something like that for internal feedback, right? Like even things like when you're looking at at particularly larger companies, you know, where they get a mm -hmm. lot of employee feedback, and you know, hey, you know, we wish we had a bigger canteen or a swimming pool or uh, <laughs> I don't know, um, you know, but but where you're getting employee feedback again, if you could actually follow up properly and show them when you make improvements, uh, I'm sure you would get a lot more credit for, for actually following what people are saying, right? Very true. Yeah, very true. It's very handy if you can link it back to a person and then get back to them and all that. Yeah. yeah. Now that was sort of towards the um, communication with customers. Um, yeah. So the, let's say external communication, the very basics of that. Um, internally, we also have a whole lot of things set up. Um, a lot of these things actually got a huge improvement since we went remote. Um, so uh, last year, 2020 in March, uh, all of a sudden we all had to work not from the office, um, but from our own homes. And we're, before that, we would all work from the same office here in Antwerp in Belgium. And we did that because we believed that made communication so much easier, you know? It was very important for us to communicate well. So we thought if we're all in the same room, you know, we'll always know what's going on and um, we'll talk to each other and we'll hear something and, you know, everybody's always up to date. Now, when we started moving um, remote, we of course uh, had to change that because we weren't next to each other anymore. So that didn't work anymore. But we also noticed that what we had been doing up till then was actually not really great uh, because we were relying sort of 
very much in that accidental communication, like you're around and you hear stuff. Um, and we weren't very systematic about uh, sharing uh, what was going on. So I'm not gonna share everything we did. You can actually type, I think, remote team salesflare in or remote team. Yeah, remote team salesflare in Google if you want to find all about it. Uh, I, I've written a big blog post about it. But uh, some of the uh, quick tips. So when we have meetings, we now in remote times, we have a Google Doc on the left on the screen and on the right, you can sort of turn Zoom into this tower of people. <laughs> like you have all faces on top of each other. Why? When you see the faces of everyone at all times, you can have a real conversation. Like you see ex expressions and faces and you can see, oh, that guy doesn't like what I just said. And you know, maybe I should go a bit further on that. And, you know. and the document on the left is to sort of all keep our discussion focused. It's uh, usually a document with bullet points uh, of the topics we discuss, and then they're subdivided every time. I'm an engineer by education, so I very much like uh, bullet points, as you can imagine. Structure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in, 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 in that sort of bullet point structure, we write down every single thing that we decide. Even if we decide not to do a certain thing, like in product discussions, we say we're not going to do it that way because then we write that down as well. Uh, so that afterwards, when we were like, why did we decide to do it like that? That we can go back there and say, oh, that's why. Uh, it also makes it easy then to translate, for instance, uh, information about what, are, what a certain feature should do to how it should look like, to how it should be implemented, you know, all the steps in the, in the process of, of defining a feature. Um, and we do that very consistently. So we fill this, these huge documents. And then at the end of each meeting, we try to limit meetings to ideally around three people for most meetings, uh, because we find that if you get more than three people in a meeting, then the other ones are just sitting around. It's very hard to have a discussion with more than three. Um, but then, you know, everybody can read in the document what has been discussed which often goes a bit too deep for most people. So what we do also in the last 10 to 15 uh, minutes of the meeting is writing down a short summary of what the other people should know about what has been discussed in the meeting, like the high level sort of decisions that we, we have to share. Yep. We call that the announcements. That's maybe a funny name, but... And we write the announcements. And then at the end, when everybody signs off on the announcements, then we take that and we paste that in our uh, inter internal chat, which is Slack in our case. Some other people might use Teams or something uh, so that everybody can read there what has been decided. It's very brief, so everybody reads it. Everybody's up to date. And when they want to know more, there's always a link to the full document with every everything that has been discussed, which they can find uh, there. And that is in terms of sort of meeting, decisions, communication, the very basic process we follow to make sure that even if you are not in all the meetings and we don't want people to be in all the meetings because it's horrible, um, you always know what has been discussed in these meetings and you're up to date on, on all the things uh, that happen in the company. Um, of course, sense. that's yeah, just, just a part of, uh, of what needs to be communicated, but that's already a very, uh, very nice part. Um, we also have things like uh, stand-up meetings in the morning. That's something that a lot of 
especially software companies do where we share what we did the past day and share what we're going to do that day. It's very good to always know what's going on. I, I used to work in a corporate and I would always wonder like, what are these people doing? You know, <laughs> you, know? you have no idea what the person next to you is doing all day, uh, what their job is even about or something. Uh, we always know what everybody in the team is doing just because we share that. So it's, it's just about five, 10 minutes every morning in which yeah. we share what everybody has done and will do. Uh, so we can, uh, we can pick in if we see like, Hey, you're doing that. Should maybe, oh. um, and every two weeks also a very basic thing we do is, um, go to the past two weeks, two weeks, see what, what we've done well and what we didn't do well. And then for the negatives, we write down solutions to do better the next time. And for the positives, we try to identify how we can um, do that again. Uh, and after that whole thing, we do some demos. Like we show what we've been working on for the past two weeks to the others. So again, there are also, it's, it's a nice time for people to show off their work, uh, but it's also a good, good moment for everybody to be up to date on what has been, uh, what has been like implemented. That makes sense. That makes sense. And yeah, so it's, it's a really good way to actually, you know, communicate internally in an effective manner, right? Because again, a lot of companies, a lot of companies don't do that well, right? Yeah, and it's, it's very annoying. Uh, I've personally been working in, uh, I was in my previous job, I was a consultant uh, for uh, several pharma companies. And sometimes I would also work on site like within the company and I've yeah. seen all these different ways of going about communication and uh, not just in pe how people sort of talk to each other, but also yeah. the way in which they, uh, they over communicate or totally under communicate or you get in situations that for instance, your boss during some kind of team meeting all of a sudden announces that he has done the work of one of the people that is sitting there without them knowing about it. And then you know, it creates these really awkward situations. Um, that's, that's what we try to avoid at all costs, but there's also other companies where I've worked uh, where every like five minutes, there's somebody at your desk because they need to ask something uh, and they're communicating a lot. And in the end, you know, communication flows, but it, it flows in such an inefficient way uh, that it really stops you from doing your work. That's also something we don't want to uh, have happen. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a good framework. Um, what, what's the sort of things that you're looking at that you want to develop? So things that you haven't done yet, but you still want to look at or still want to achieve. Uh, internally, you mean, or... Yeah, I think probably the next thing uh, for us is uh, organizing our hiring process uh, better. Um, yeah. The last time we hired someone, we made huge improvements. Uh, but I think that's that's the main place where we can gain because it, it's, uh, it's the sort of decisions that can have a huge impact on the performance of your company and how it affects culture and how people work together. If you either hire the wrong person, that's the worst kind of mistake, or um, don't get them up to speed in a proper way so that it, it takes very long until they're really like doing something. Those two things, I think towards hiring more people, we have a lot of work on, on, on creating 
like like in the other cases, very simple processes, but effective processes that help to manage that all in a in a, in a proper way. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And what like so from a people perspective? So how, how big is your team right now? We're currently seven people. Seven people. So what's been the biggest differentiator? Like what really sets you guys apart compared to some of your competitors from a people perspective? Uh, from a people perspective, um, it's it's this whole communication thing that I've been explaining, like making sure that we, th- we communicate well with customers, we communicate well in- internally, so we really quickly can adapt to um, customers' needs and deliver them exactly what they're looking for um, in, an, in an effective way. Well, because with a team of seven, we, uh, we have a, a few thousand uh, companies using our software actively. So uh, we need to be very, both, both effective and efficient at, at, at being the, uh, providing the best service we can uh, to all these people. Yep. Um, next to that, yeah, it's, it's um, product differentiation. Um, is, uh, is what we we decided we wanted to solve in the CRM space uh, six years ago or almost seven even. Uh, we're still working very hard on that, uh, but that alone is not enough. Um, you need to make people uh, uh, like really believe in your company and uh, deliver things that they didn't expect you would deliver. Uh, that's what, what, what makes that extra difference there which you can grow in the market. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense as well. And yeah, so from a people's perspective, I guess, how do you, how do you guys sort of plan to uh, expand? Like, are you, are you planning to like grow the team hugely or are you planning to keep it relatively small or what, what sort of your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's sort of a, a basic tension there. Um, on the one hand, uh, you don't want to expand it too quickly. That has all kinds of issues. You you can very quickly um, lose the touch with customers, uh, have people talk to customers who have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. It's very hard when I mean, you need to train all the people at once and everything goes well. You might hire the wrong people. You know that That is all... It puts a lot of stress on the organization if you hire a lot of people quickly. We've been keeping the, the team constant for a while now, which then on the other hand makes that we need to prioritize more in what we do because we're a smaller team and we cannot do as much as a larger one, although we're more efficient per person than a, than a larger team, I would say. So it's always that tension between um, hiring more people to be able to do more uh, versus making sure that at that slightly larger scale, we don't actually do less <laughs> with more people than, than we did with, uh, with, the, with the team that we had. You know? Currently, I think if we hire more, it's probably mostly to uh, work on the product uh, more because so much work we can do there. Uh, so many cool things we can develop. The communication with customers is so... Uh, efficient that we don't really need to hire uh, much more um, and on the marketing end there's not a whole lot we can can really really do um, but maybe the next hire would be would be there as well so a, a, a slight uh, addition in, in manpower to 
do some more stuff. What well, what's been the sort of biggest management challenge? So if we look away from communication, what's been the biggest management challenge you've had in the business otherwise? Yeah, it depends what you uh, what you categorize on the management challenge. But I would say for us, so one 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 aspect that I didn't touch yet in 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 being competitive within this market is um, differentiation, and not just from a product standpoint. It's also it's like a product marketing standpoint, and that very much aligns with uh, vision as well. Uh, it actually all connects like what is the vision of what product for whom uh, what differentiated uh, that translates into how you do your marketing how you build your product and all that and searching and refining that all further in a consistent way where everything um, moves in the same direction is uh, is 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 quite a challenge uh, especially if you're sort of doing some experiments left and right and it's something that we'll work on also in the next months again, uh, very actively. But I'm confident that uh, that it will work out in the end. We always find ways of uh, of organizing things yeah. in, a, in a good way. Well, Jerome, that sounds uh, very good. Thank you very much for sharing. And uh, yeah, I mean, communication generally, as to say, it's one of the most important things we do, not just in business, but as human beings, right? Because Getting, getting strong communication and strong communication systems is, is really something that's going to help you significantly. So mm-hmm. that's, that's excellent. Yeah, that's, that's great. If people are eager to get hold of you or want to get to know more about you, what's the best place to do so? Yeah, if you want to learn more about Salesflare, uh, that's on salesflare.com. And Flare is with F-L-A-R-E. Uh, you can read all about the software there and the company. Uh, you can try our software as well. And there's a button at the top right that says something like try it for free. Trials are anywhere between seven and 30 days because we give you more days on the trial as you set it up because we found that uh, people who set up the software better are uh, more successful in the long run. And if you want to get in touch with me, the best place is LinkedIn. Make sure to send um, a personal message with your connection request. If you see my name, there's only one person with my name um, on LinkedIn, so that's easy. But send a personal message but, because otherwise you will disappear uh, between all the other spam that I get every day on LinkedIn. Yep. Well, you're not alone. You're not alone <laughs> with that. So, excellent. Thank you very much for your time today. It was awesome talking to you. And to the audience, we will be back again next week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.